I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. You wouldn't know this, but we've been walking out to that song all week. And uh, there's, a, there's another little bit at the end. Uh, we're not going to let it throw off the rhythm. Don't worry. Uh, the curtain was a classy touch. I've got to say, never walked out from behind a curtain before. Welcome to the worst idea of all time, live in Los Angeles, California, featuring Paul F. Tompkins, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible. It's so good to be here, Paul. How are you feeling? I feel very, I feel weird being out here so soon. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is your private time and I'm intruding on it. Have you felt like that the entire afternoon? No. Guy, come on. (laughs) The boys came over to my home today, and we watched the movie together as a family. Here's the address. (laughs) That's true. And then they left, and now here we are again, 45 minutes later. (laughs) The timing was almost perfect. It was almost perfect. Uh, Can I just say, what an honor it is to be in Los Angeles, California. I don't know if you're aware, but I've had to traipse my way across this godforsaken country to make it here. New York City is a renowned shithole. Chicago, Illinois, might as well not be on the map as far as I'm concerned. And Portland, Oregon was downloaded from some tasteless Pinterest board. It is a relief to be in the greatest city on God's green earth, Los Angeles, California. Aren't you glad that you don't have to keep adding cities, that tonight is the end of that bit? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. I don't either. (laughs) Those were earnest feelings, communicated efficiently and accurately. Uh, So the good news is we don't have to watch Sex in the City anymore. Mm. And uh, that that feels really good, Tim. How do you feel about that, though? I, I just said it feels really good. I, uh, yeah. What did you think he was holding back? <laughs> I don't know. This is what I do. I interrogate a little bit. I poke and I prod. <laughs> I have a look inside my boy Monty's heart and his mind. How do I well, figure out what's going on? How, okay. Well, how do you think I feel about it? I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting a little bit. It just, you know, we were watching at your house. I was like, I should be feeling better than this. Oh. You know? You sh- Last watch, end of an era, end of a nightmare, to be honest. 
But I felt strangely empty. Oh, no. Yeah. I had a lovely time at your house. Thank you I, so I'm much. I'm glad to hear that. I, for welcoming us in with open arms. This is very conflicting for me because <laughs> what Tim is describing is the way I feel at home. Um, <laughs> uh oh. But I'm glad that you had a good time. Yeah, no, it's a, it was a lovely home. Uh, one of the more enjoyable screenings I've had this entire season. Uh, to have Paul and uh, Paul's lovely wife Janie was also there. She's here tonight, folks. Give her a hand. Yeah, yeah. Give her a hand. No, not not applause. If you see her, help out. Help her uh, out. She has fallen on hard times, <laughs> and I practice tough love. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was so nice to be watching with two people who had seen the movie before, right. but uh, through relatively speaking fresh eyes. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. I mean. It was just—it was a great way to say goodbye. I feel <laughs> no sense of emptiness. I feel immense relief. Uh, yeah, I, this, is a celebra- this is a celebration to me. I feel fantastic. It's day and night because eighty percent of this season has seen Guy Montgomery and myself watch Sex in the City, the movie, at a strange time of the day for both of us, separately and alone, in front of just a laptop screen, and then attempt. Often, for some reason, still takes 20 minutes to get a Skype call to work <laughs> so that we can get on the blower yeah. and dig through this, this shit. This, this season, more than anything, is a real uh, triumph of drive because mm. nothing really helps out comedic rhythm when you're digging up the corpse of an old podcast concept 14 months later <laughs> than uh, a, re- a relentlessly l- laggy connection between New York City and Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah. Nothing really helps tee you up for a smooth run home. Quite like... Oh, uh, Did you... Uh, I, well, I, you go. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> And famously, I don't edit the damn thing because I refuse to. Guy doesn't even listen to it, so... I think that's fair. (laughs) You've been there. But no, I do feel good. I just feel like I should feel better. But I might still be hungover from Portland. Well, that's true. I would also posit a more terrifying theory that was uh, floated by Janie during The Watch, which is Charlotte... Because I've always taken issue with Charlotte. Uh, in, in the, in the, look, I don't know what she's like in the TV show, but in the movies, uh, she's right up there with the others as the worst of them. <laughs> <laughs> but she is someone who, from what I understand we ought to believe, has been given everything she could want in life and yet still feels a, a deep sense of unease or unhappiness, which is like pretty much the scariest thing I can imagine to have everything that you materially that you thought you wanted mm. and still not feel and also personally she's married they've started a family to not have what you want and my fear is that you are experiencing some sort of similar ennui to Charlotte whereby yet dude this <laughs> there is something awry deep within your soul that not watching Sex in the City <laughs> does not have any account I, fix man I respect what you're saying. <laughs> I d- you might have struck something. I think there's a, a combination of... So, like, my dad's not religious, but he is British, right? So he comes from... <laughs> that's, that's what I usually say to people. Yeah. <laughs> the famous second half of that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's like I was raised religious, but now I'm just sort of like, uh, I'm like British. 
<laughs> when you leave the church <laughs> for five years, you have to become British. But Some you, stay on. You weirdly get dual citizenship. It's a, it's a strange <laughs> yeah. trade-off. I think there is a line of that Presbyterian work ethic and values that has transferred down that line where I think there is only value in things. I don't think this academically, but I think this might be in my DNA, that I only think there's value in things where there is suffering. Well, I mean, yeah, truth be told, as the co-host of the very same podcast with you, uh, I think, yeah, there might be a truth to that. And I... You, the truth is that I believe that? Or yeah, the yeah, truth no, that, that you believe that. Yeah, and that right. might be why we, we, we did it. I mean, because I remember starting this to be friends. Yeah. I did not know that you wanted to start it so you could experience some weird fucking it's form not, of hereditary Presbyterian suffering. It's not, not. Well, but I think what Tim is saying is that it's not, uh, that's not a conscious thought. It's just baked into his every uh, action. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Paul? Where do you fall down on that? Do you think that things can only have worth if there's a bit of suffering to get it? Uh, I, I was raised a bit of that way as well. Not, certainly not Protestant, but there was the idea that um, not that everything you enjoy must come from suffering, but that if you enjoy something, you have to remember that there is that other people are suffering, and yeah. so you shouldn't enjoy it as much as you are enjoying it. <laughs> because, look, you have this thing to enjoy. Other people have nothing to enjoy. Now how much do you enjoy that thing? Yeah, well, less. Yeah. Good. L- less now, sure. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, there are certain things that, in life that we should just be able to enjoy. Like, I think that they were put here for our enjoyment. This is we, this is guy's school, I feel like. <laughs> he really believes. That, Why can't we just have we a should... good fucking time? Well, like, the, the beauty <laughs> of nature. Right. Are we not supposed to enjoy... <laughs> are we not supposed to enjoy the beauty of nature? Is there supposed to be some suffering in that? Are we supposed to are we supposed to feel bad that we are touched by looking at a at a sunset or at the at the at the ocean uh, uh, continually coming uh, coming to us and then receding from us are we supposed to not enjoy that on its own are we supposed to feel bad in some way I think with nature you're just allowed to enjoy it that's what I think but then with people and uh, things like that, you have to think about not enjoying it. But when it comes to with nature... People. Yeah. people and things like that. Like yeah. friendship? People <laughs> and things of that nature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like, for, no, friend, I don't know. I, th- I just, I'm, I'm all for having a good time all the time. <laughs> but uh, I, do, I do remember, Paul, so when we were, uh, it must have been midway or two-thirds of the way through season two, Sex in the City 2, again, you, you host us in your beautiful home. And I remember That's when right. we left, I remember Tim saying, man, I feel so empty. And... <laughs> The other thing I remember... Are you remember sure that though, wasn't me saying that as you left? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why we had to get you out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> he said, boys, I feel so empty. We said, Paul... Hopped up from the back seat. <laughs> yeah. uh, Who's empty? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, told, you, fought, you warned us, and you, you really like, pulled us aside, and you said, boys, no more. <laughs> this is... You're wasting your, your youth. You're wasting your most vibrant years. <laughs> What you have to understand is I'm I'm older than these guys, and no. so I see life from. I'll let that. I'll let that. I see life from a different perspective, in that I totally understand the impulse when you are in your twenties and you feel like life stretches out before you, and you can't even see the other side. That this seems like a good idea. 
right? Because <laughs> they're making new time every day. But from the vantage point of just, just a few years later, you see what a terrible idea this is and that, and that you, you mustn't do it. And I, I told them then, and that was, that was your second season of, yes. the, of the podcast. And I said, okay, I, I think you've gotten all that you should ever get out of this. <laughs> the, and then this is the fourth season. So, like, I, they watched uh, We Are Your Friends. I didn't say a word. I let it go. That is mighty big of you. Well, uh, but I would also say, where were you then, Paul? Because that was grueling. That was what? As, as someone who's recording. Are you that. saying, are you saying, I looked down and saw only one set of footprints? <laughs> So now that you have completed another season of this show, mm. I'm going to say it in front of witnesses now. Don't do this again. Don't do this again. You, there's more to you than this. Yeah. There's other stuff that you can do that would be fun. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this again. Well, I think it's time to get a different perspective from another co-host. So No, what? Let me just dig around it. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I found him. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is uh, in terms of chronology whether or not this information is out in the public. It yet, isn't. Is but this? Tim famously lost this knife in Portland. Now here's what this looks like to me for the listener. If you can't hear, it looks like a you're holding a drawing of a knife. <laughs> it's ceramic, Paul, because. On several occasions, I've had the knife with me mm-hmm. in a slightly different form, mm-hmm. and I keep going through airports and forgetting to put it in luggage. But that I'm seems pre- like a big forget, Tim. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And every time I need to renew the physical form of the knife. So the spirit of the knife is imbued into a different physical object, which right. is a different knife. Yeah. This one is ceramic, <laughs> so I think it won't even get tripped up by metal detectors and whatnot. Right? I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is not a benefit to this knife. No, and also they do x-ray stuff. Oh. You're saying you're going to keep it on your person to walk through the scanner? Right, now that you say it out loud, it doesn't sound like a great idea. May, may I see this knife? Because it looks very strange. Tim lives with three people who are one chopping knife short right now. Now, did you, did you, ha- did you like bend, break off the tip, the very yeah, tip? I don't know it? what happened there. Someone used it as a knife in my house, and I don't know what they were thinking. Because that's the knife. It's not a knife. Oh, it's, it's a savannah. Um, yeah, don't, don't, you should throw this away. You should not, you shouldn't, don't take this on an airplane. I like it. Don't I like try this. to take it on an airplane. No, no, it'll be okay. It's not going to be okay. It'll be fine now. I guarantee you it won't be okay. It's not made of metal. It also seems like it should go with a dollhouse. I know I'm going to hold on to this, Tim. I don't like that. Yeah, I know you don't. And that's why it's important I do. <laughs> because in every previous episode with the knife, it has been you who is holding the knife. Yes. And me who is knifeless. Yes. I'm neutral. I'm not did, you, di- did you notice that I kept the sheath on because you got very freaked out when I kept uh, making stabbing motions at you? <laughs> Which the guy then turned the knife on me and said, hey, Tim, how do you feel when I do this? Yeah. And I said, hey, you know what? Not good. Respect. I'm, so, I'm not going to thank someone for not gesturing towards me with an unsheathed knife. That's fair. That is too low a bar. 
Paul, what was your experience of revisiting this film after... When was the last time you saw it? Uh, I saw it probably the year that it came out on cable, maybe? That it premiered on cable? So, so that sounds right. like 2009 to me. Probably something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good year. So um, you didn't pay to see great this. Great year. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've, never, I've never paid to see this. Now... Let me let me walk the audience through uh, my experience of having you guys come over and watch the film. <laughs> okay. Um, these guys show up at my door, bang, right on time. Right on time. We said 2.30, bing bong, they're here at 2.30. They come in, I'm very happy to see them. Uh, my wife can Janie decided... Can I make an insert? Absolutely. Paul very suspiciously opened the small <laughs> latch that he looked We have through. like a little, a little guard door in our door... Which I very much enjoy, and I will open it up and always peer suspiciously at whoever it is. And then guy, I think started to say, "It's just us." And I closed the door and then opened the larger door, let them in. Very happy to see them. Hugs all around. Um, we sit down. Uh, I realize I don't know how we're going to watch the movie. Um, so I open up the old Apple TV, and I just do a search for Sex in the City, thinking it'll be on. Surely it'll be on HBO Go. Uh, it is not. It's the only option available is to rent it for four dollars. And I said, "Oh." And then Tim Sex said, in the, "Sex in the City Two is available Sex in the on City HBO Two is available Go. on HBO Go. All of Sex in the City, Sex in the City Two, <laughs> Sex in the City the movie. Uh uh-uh. uh so when I expressed a, a little concern having to rent this movie, which was never part of the deal, <laughs> Tim said, oh, I have my laptop in my car. I don't know why you wouldn't bring your laptop in from the car, whether or not it's going to be part of the proceedings or not. <laughs> don't leave a laptop in the car, no matter where you are, ever. So he brings it in. Uh, we're trying to figure out, uh, are we going to just mirror it to the Apple TV uh, Tim brings in his weird laptop that is a two-piece. I don't know if you're familiar with these. <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting called out on this. <laughs> I, I honest to God thought it was broken. And that, and that it's still somehow separated. It was like, I'm making it work. <laughs> they don't have to be connected to each other. They just have to be near each other. For reference, it's a, it's a tablet that's got a wireless detachable keyboard. Please. For, yeah, yeah, there you go. And, and did they make a lot of those, Tim? No, they didn't. Then Tim, Tim produces a, a a jump drive that he hands that he he plugs into uh, some part of his laptop and puts the movie on the jump drive. Then he hands the jump drive to me, and for a second I thought these guys are just giving me a virus. This is <laughs> this is like a, a an elaborate <laughs> prank show. <laughs> Where the joke is, because they like the suffering so much, they inconvenience themselves as much as possible. (laughs) So they they book travel to America to put a virus on my laptop. So so there it is. It's on there. We we throw it up on the screen, and we watch the film. Uh, We had a a great time. We, like, we, we, we... you know, did our a lot of comments over the course of I watching loved, the film. I loved that. I was nervous all day. I remember when we last watched Sex and the City <laughs> 2 with Paul. When we got there, Paul said, okay, so obviously we're not talking when the movie's playing. Our hearts Which, sunk. From the perspective, yeah. <laughs> now, that was not out of respect for the film. I wanted to. I, I had seen that movie once before, but I wanted to watch it 
as if it, we were just watching a movie and to see how long we could go before we had to start talking to each other. And it was like, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. It was a, it was, I mean, I appreciate the integrity of it. It was a bad idea. I just wanted to see. And, uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a bad experience. And no word of a lie, the whole day I was dreading coming to your house. <laughs> Because, as you said, you are a few years older than us, and so you uh, you get some sort of reverence. Where I was like, "We're going to go in his fucking house, and this guy Paul is going to fuck. He's going to fucking say, don't you talk during this movie.'" Wait, wait, wait! Are you under the impression that because I I am from a previous generation, <laughs> I have such reverence for film <laughs> that yeah. I would consider it an insult? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the gap is between us? Three, four. Yes, I don't know, but uh, alas, something something's happened in your some incredible thing has happened in your life where we just we breezed through this. We were riffing. We were having a lot we were of fun. Having a lot of fun. We were having a lot Af- of laughs. After the movie was over, my wife Janie caught uh, a name in the credits um, of uh, the actress uh, Carrie Bish Bichet, who was in Halt and Catch Fire, who is in like almost the first frame of the movie. Um, as a, a 20-something, uh, dreaming 20-something, dreaming 20-something, girl. dreaming girl, dreaming 20-something girl. She's looking in the window at an expensive label of something <laughs> and apparently dreaming of owning that thing. And <laughs> She's kind of like a Carrie Bradshaw stand-in from it's, a previous, t- like when she first got to New York City. The Carrie's opening narration is yeah. like women, you know, young women come to New York for labels and love. And if that's not obvious enough, uh, Fergie has written an original song called Labels and Love, which sort of outlines a very similar idea. Oh, dear. No. Was this part of the film? Yeah, yeah. We listened to it in the cab ride here. Why? Why? Hold on, hold on. We'll get to it. Okay, so, so I wanted to go back and see this actress in her big screen debut as someone sighing over materialistic goods. And so I took the movie back to the beginning. I just, like, scrolled it back to the beginning. And then these guys got... Very nervous <laughs> that we were going to start watching the movie again. Just seeing like the opening, like the production credit titles and stuff like that made them very anxious. Um, then Which I intellectually is silly because Paul, on several occasions, was aghast at the length of this thing. I was. I really thought it was much shorter than Sex in the City two, but it's the same length. My yeah. probably my favorite moment of the watch, sort of a meta shining light uh, for today, was when uh, y- y- I, did you just say, "Well, surely it's not as long as the second one"? And I the did. Guys, and then for guys sure. Said, no, it is. And you just said, "What?" <laughs> I said, "That can't be so." Yeah. <laughs> Completely incredulous. And, and so, but it, it was again. Yeah. yeah. So I, I <laughs> once more, as I have found it nearly always to be. So I ejected the jump drive from my laptop, and when I went to unplug it, I noticed it was boiling hot. <laughs> I've never experienced this before. <laughs> and we, all, we all passed around to feel how hot this jump drive was. <laughs> Satan's jump drive. I bought the damn thing because it cracked me up. It's a little 32 gig USB. They, they barely exist anymore in that kind of small capacity. And it was really heavy. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, it's like, like a, a Soviet a, item. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It weighs a lot. <laughs> it's, it's substantial. Yeah. It's made of it's depleted uranium or something. I'm not sure. 
and the damn thing heats up when you use it. I just, it tickles me. I love it. <laughs> it's it's doing else. a bad That's job. How you know it's working. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing a bad job of doing a very basic thing. So then the guys left, uh, hugs at the door. At one point, uh, I was in my stocking feet because I'm at home. And a uh, guy was in flip-flops. And our, <laughs> our, uh, as we went in to hug, our toes almost <laughs> intertwined as if our feet were shaking hands. It's one of the most intimate moves was, I know. It really felt intimate. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> felt intimate. I didn't see this, but this telling of it makes me feel ill. Well, uh, well <laughs> when you practice a move for that long, Tim, it yeah. happens almost like clockwork. Wow. <laughs> it's like the opposite of dancing. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, guy put the movie soundtrack on in the uh, lift ride here to the venue, and at first... Oh, did, he, did he give you the cable? I, like, asked, guy, I, I, I asked for the cable. Hey, we, we want to hear our music. <laughs> guy said... Do you mind if we put some music on? He said, sure. Uh, here's the cable. And I think up until the point where the driver said, here's the cable, guy was just like, we're in the car for 25 minutes, listen to some, some tunes, get in a good mood while we're going to the venue. But then he remembered, if I've got the cable, I'm in charge. And he... It's one of the main rules. So yeah. puts the original soundtrack score on, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, my guy, what's this? What are you doing? Confused and angry yeah. are the two emotions. And then as it, it ended, we got through the song because you thought it would be funny for us to listen to the entire track, um, which admittedly, kind of funny. <laughs> but then the next song started playing from the movie and I realised, oh, we're just going to listen to the soundtrack. And then I sort of just 
accepted that and let it wash over me. And there was a certain catharsis. It was like being at a wake, saying goodbye to something. Yeah, it was really nice. And what you learn when you listen to the original motion picture soundtrack after you've seen the movie 53 times is... And you guys would have to work so fucking hard to access this information. Like, you are so lucky I'm sharing any of this. (laughs) But they have... Uh, and they do this with all sorts of movies and soundtracks, but I guess I'm so used to hearing the songs a certain way, but both songs, the original score songs written by Fergie and Jennifer Hudson, have been, uh, they've been quite judiciously edited for efficient use in the movie. And I'm thinking, if someone is over this with regards to the soundtrack, where was this person when it came to the script and <laughs> the editing process? <laughs> they know you can do it. <laughs> You can take bits out. Yeah. We need to tell some people in Hollywood that you can take bits out. Yeah. But then that the question through. is also raised that if they didn't edit out any of the film, why did they bother editing the songs? Why not just <laughs> let the entire song play yeah. under whatever is happening? Well, if, they did a couple of times. <laughs> the sequence where we listened to Run DMC and Aerosmith mm-hmm. for the uh, parade of outfits. Right. This is like the whole fucking track. That never happens in a film. It's crazy. Absolute madness. I want to get to something, unless you've got something important. You don't. Um, Paul, we ask all our guests, there's a particular scene in the movie where they're um, using euphemisms for how much sexual intercourse they're all having with their partners. And Carrie Bradshaw refuses to indulge them with this information, but she says, when big colours, he rear... How do you pronounce it in American? He rarely stays inside the lines. Yeah. Did Sarah Jessica Parker just walk in here? <laughs> We've got another surprise for everyone. It's Jape! <laughs> <laughs> Come see my knife, Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> I just finished watching this for 53 months. <laughs> hey, Sarah, I just watched your movie 53 times in six months. Would you like to see my knife? <laughs> hey, you want to see this cool thing that Paul and Guy can do with their feet? <laughs> 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 Paul, what do you think Carrie is uh, talking yeah. about when she's referring to coloring outside the lines? Now, at first blush, yes. it sounds very filthy. Yeah. You are, uh, yeah, you you physically recoiled. I think I did. Well, I was I was shocked. My wife was there. <laughs> I didn't know we were watching a smoker. <laughs> so he rarely colors within the lines. Was that was that the inside the, li- inside the lines? You, um, t- you tidied up the dialogue. <laughs> I'm just trying to save us all some time. <laughs> um, I think that uh, it's not meant to be taken as a. Uh, as a sexual euphemism, um, I think the idea... <laughs> Even though they've been talking about sex, it's very curious that she refuses to talk about yeah. sex. These four women who have talked about nothing but for <laughs> their entire relationship, and now all of a sudden, no, I'm not going to talk about this. Yeah. Um, it leads me to believe that when they have... Um, what we would think of as sex. (laughs) With you? Uh, It quickly moves beyond just the physical communion and it uh, veers into a sort of uh, 
a, a quantum state where um, there may be phasing in and out of, uh, of realities or the lines. What I like to imagine is Carrie and Big uh, sitting nude and cross-legged across from each other. You know, crisscross applesauce. They uh, touch palms beginning at the tips of their fingers and then rolling up to touch palms. Uh, And then the process begins where it starts as a small vibration. But... uh, it increases, it increases. Pretty soon, uh, they're just two blurs. But then the, they come into sharp focus and the room around them blurs and you see, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln, uh, knocking the gun out of John Wilkes Booth's hand. You see, um, You see Moses and the Israelites dying in the desert after one year. You, you see, uh, you see God's great wrath descend upon the earth. Um, and then, uh, everyone's fine with it. So, I think the reason she's being so secretive about it is because she's going to melt their brains. She, they can't hear this. Right. They're not ready. They're, they're concerned with these mundane things. Yeah. Uh, 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 what, uh, uh, Miranda, they haven't had sex in six months, so her husband cheats on her? Like, there's no discussion about it? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, uh Samantha, this boyfriend who nursed her through cancer, yeah. she's bored. Yeah. Then, <laughs> she doesn't like being, spending time in LA. There's no solution. So, and then Charlotte, of course, is uh, just, she's gotten... What is her problem at this point? Well, at at that point in the film, nothing? (laughs) I think nothing. She was fine. She was just living through the problems of the other people. Correct, yeah. um, And uh, just absorbing all of their pain um, and just mirroring their anger at various things. And meanwhile, Carrie is carrying around this intense... Like uh, metaphysical yeah. secret. Yeah. It's Schrodinger's orgasm, isn't it? Like for those uninitiated, you're not sure if it's even fully happened yeah. or not. I didn't want to say that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> it sort of changes uh the entire it's a shame we only found out now because <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the movie is quite like why she's so upset by the jilting, of course, in our realm, that mm-hmm. is upsetting, you know, on a pretty primitive level. But if you lose Access to this, yeah. But here's the thing: I feel like I feel like there are moments of the film where we see these other realities come into play. When she gives that hideous handbag to Jennifer Hudson, everyone pretends it's good. Yeah. Like this is a okay. handbag that has cysts on it, like visible cysts yeah. on it. <laughs> They're handles from uh, rock climbing. They <laughs> handles from rock climbing. Exactly. Yeah. It is a bag that looks. Like it's been designed purposefully so that it could not go with any outfit. Yes. Like it is a, a patchwork. There's different colors, patterns, and materials used mm-hmm. so that no matter what you leaned into, 90% you're, wrong. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're going to betraying the rest of the bag. It's a crazy bag. Yeah. It's like they, they asked children for fun. <laughs> Why don't you design a line of handbags? Yeah. And then we're going to make one of them. We'll make one of them a real thing. Yeah, and then they did, and it was not that one, but a child went away and made it anyway and somehow <laughs> snuck the it child, into the store. child who was rejected said, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. 
It's uh yeah, it's a shit it's a shit bag. But it's what you have bag. presented is a is a beautiful theory. Uh and it is I mean yeah, it's really opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff that I sort of previously dismissed in the second half mm. of the movie. It can also explain all the, uh, the the leaps in logic that were made. Um, we, we had a lot of fun trying to discern the timeline uh, in yeah. the film, and yeah. I, I think that should be a mention. Because what you're talking about is a little bit Doctor Strange flavored, isn't it? This well, kind of transcendental. There's a, there's a there's a part where series. Carrie talks about spring. She has this whole monologue about spring, where they literally show people slipping on ice. Yeah. <laughs> well, so okay. So the so why are we talking about spring? <laughs> she spring, which is soon, by the way. That's the time when. <laughs> but for now, uh, but for now, it was wild. We see Christmas and New Year's, and then we're at Fashion Week, and she says it's spring now in the voiceover and the narration. So there's no getting around that. She's told us it's spring. She's leading us to believe it's spring. She's told us it's she spring. doesn't say it is spring, but she says springtime. In, as they're walking through snow, she says springtime in New York. <laughs> this is some Guy Montgomery level of gaslighting. Well, you can't. That is. What do you need to hear from Carrie Bradshaw's voiceover? What is Guy Montgomery level of gaslighting, Tim? <laughs> it's the sex thing. Do they have sex? And the we are your friends. That you well, were, if they're not going to show it happening, how can we say the, that? This is exactly what this, I'm talking guys, about. Guys, this is old business. This is old business. <laughs> Sorry, we did shut the book on that. <laughs> yes, you must leave that in the past. I'm getting flashbacks though. Don't. She mentioned <laughs> spring. And then suddenly we're in Valentine's Day and we were like, yeah. hold on, is this movie over the course of multiple years? <laughs> <laughs> but she also, here's the thing though, it might be a credit to the filmmakers that we are not giving them because the rule of cinema is show, don't tell. So she may be saying it's spring, but they're showing us that it is February. <laughs> That's not how they're it's a very it. unique interpretation of show, don't show, tell. Show, don't tell. That's on you. <laughs> if you listen to the words instead of looking at the images, that's your fault. Paul, who do you identify as of the four gals? Wow. Did, I don't think we even covered this the last time, did we? I don't think so. I remember that we talked about this. Well, you guys go first. You must have settled this by now. I've always uh, thought I'm a Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> I aspire to be a Samantha, but concede I'm probably a Carrie. Wow. Which upsets me, frankly. Got a lot of work to do on myself. Would you have guessed either of those for us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, 100% I would have. Um, <laughs> do you know, I guess I've never, I've never really thought about this before, but I guess if I'm honest, I would be a Carrie. Really? Yeah, because now... He, What's oh my god? <laughs> here's why. Here's why I say that because I think Car- Carrie is the, is essentially the audience surrogate, right? Yeah, she's supposed to be anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she's an unreliable narrator. She's unreliable. Yes. She's yes. Also, she, so am I. <laughs> but she, she's, she's she's also an antihero. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that what the thing about Carrie is that she is in these movies, especially especially in these movies, she's a bad person who thinks she's a good person and has friends around who are like, no, you're a good person. This isn't your fault. Or at, the, at best, they're like, are you sure you want to do that? And she just <laughs> does whatever. And I feel like if, if, if we're really honest with ourselves, most of us are Carrie. We're the hero of our own stories, but we're really the villains much of the time. 
I've got you picked as a Samantha. <laughs> but now I'm in a loving long-term relationship. It's not about that for me. The Samantha thing isn't about the sex. The it's sex about age. Metaphor. I get it. <laughs> I'm older than you. I'm sorry. Look, soon I'll be out of your way. <laughs> Wish you fucking would. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I feel uh, to say that you're a Samantha and it's not a sex thing is a contradiction of t- her entire... That's her ca- one thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's, That's the entirety of her character. It's literally as much thought as they gave her. It's joyous. I forget a, that she has a, a job sometimes. Like everyone else, I can yeah. I can nail down. Her, although I did have to ask what Charlotte did before she had kids. Yeah. Because I didn't remember. And I asked, did she have a job? And then one of you guys said. I said she was an art gallery. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done being interested. <laughs> she used to be an art gallery. She used to be an art gallery. <laughs> then she had some, some daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Samantha is a character who is, I get like the hedonistic thing is sort of a metaphor for just like celebrate. That's why I've got guy picked as a Samantha as well. People who just enjoy life and people, and they've got a generosity of spirit because they love slinging it round. You know, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, but do you think the character of Samantha would spend four years of her life? Devoting multiple hours to a thing that she did not enjoy? No. (laughs) That's true. But that's pretty... (laughs) She kind of does in the movie. She says, I've given it five years and 15 pounds. This is when she's breaking up with Smith Jared. Yeah, it's his fault that she gained weight. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Everything that goes wrong in her life. None of the problems these characters face can be traced back to their actions. No, never. And this that, seems crazy, but I can't believe we're talking about the movie. <laughs> I've had this a few times recently where it's just the absurdity of the fact that we are still earnestly discussing this film is fucking funny, dudes. That's funny stuff. You know, the real challenge of the podcast is it is always funny in theory. And 49% of the time, it is almost funny in actuality yeah. as well. I, uh, I would time. like to continue talking about it, though. I've written down a shining light. Oh, and, great. Uh, so help me God, I hope the lads have too. Uh, my shining light, it was very early, but when the opening montage where we see, and this never happens in real life, I understand they're using it as a storytelling measure, but Carrie's walking down the street and she's saying, uh, that's why you need friends, friends in the form of mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte York. And as she says the name, down the same channel of sidewalk, the friends will appear. And then you say another name and they'll be... You know, presumably further down the sidewalk, and another friend will appear. And in between these sh- these cuts and shots uh, of, these, of these friends, Monty got, almost dropped his phone. He just caught it with the reflexes of a Spiderman. Yeah, it was so good. I, I don't clap for my reflexes. I am an alpha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Paul's not taking that for thirty seconds. It is. I, I spent the whole life. screening telling Paul that he's an alpha like Mister Big. <laughs> <laughs> That's which gal you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're John Preston. But so John there, Preston. John James Preston. When do we learn that? JJ we, to the frenzy doesn't have. Yeah. <laughs> When you fuck, world, universes collide and time melts. He was so far ahead of, like, this character is so far ahead of Don Draper, of being a guy who just has, whatever his past was, we have no idea. Yeah. Right? He just reinvented himself. At the, what, but the, at the wedding, he had 
a couple family members that we saw. He has there is family members are on the list of people who are invited. I imagine that as we don't meet them, that they don't attend. Right. Not that we ever fucking kicked the door down and made it into that goddamn reception they promised. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's a sin. I owe you money. You we made a bet. I bet is... him that one week, Big would not jilt Carrie. And this is seriously messed up. Every you... single time he, I've got, I got money here. I'm going to give you fifty American dollars. Wow, <laughs> absurd. Is that what the bet was? was we are. It might have we been are, I'm, sh- I'm I, stiffing the guy. <laughs> I was. I He's was a sucker. <laughs> I was doing the math. I think we are not even making money on this tour. <laughs> Do not give me fifty dollars. You no, cannot it's, part it's okay. with it. This will help you make money and me lose some more. <laughs> uh, but no. So they're, they're walking down the street, and as they get further and further, and new characters introduced. They've obviously, they didn't know how they were going to edit it. And so they got one extra, this just regular guy in slacks and a white shirt who is walking in the most fucked up zigzag (laughs) all around these women. He's behind them. At one point, he's in front of them. Suddenly, he's on their right. He overtakes them on the left. It is anarchy. Do you think this plays into what Paul was mentioning with the kind of metaphysical presences that are, it is like blinking in and out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It is, I've never seen it before, and as I saw it this morning, I thought, like, uh, were it not, for, I don't know, he's either a terrifying predator sure. or a victim of reckless editing, but he is, either way, a joy. I'll never get to see him. That's the truth. Not unless you watch it on your leisure time. Not happening. <laughs> That's a contradiction of terms, actually. What, uh, was, what was your shining light, Paul? That when they go to Mexico... And they're getting... I love, I love that whole bracket of the film as well. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> it was absolutely necessary, and it <laughs> needed to be as long as it was. <laughs> that is a there, great review for the entire film. Here's what I was thinking. But when they, when they go to Mexico, which I had forgotten that that happened, I was like, okay, so they're doing that for some production value. The whole time, it's in hotel rooms. Yeah. <laughs> there's no production value. It's not like there's any beautiful set pieces of them. Like, you, in the second movie, at least, you got a lot of vistas. You know yeah. what I mean? This is just like, they're, they're, there's no way they're in Mexico. Absolutely not. Not at all. They're here. They're they were definitely here. in this theater. They were in Studio City, for sure. Yeah. That was so, the, it was the only way they could sneak in Charlotte's implicit racism towards Central America. That's right. That's right. It would have been jarring if she was just doing it from New York. <laughs> so they're checking into the hotel, and they are they're like getting the lay of the land, and they get into the room, and uh, Carrie just wants to get on the bed. They they start to have an extremely personal conversation. I think it's Samantha and Miranda have an extremely personal conversation about uh, Carrie, and in the middle of them is this uh, concierge who's just smiling back and forth at them <laughs> as if he's their friend. Yeah. And he knows exactly what they're talking about and is in agreement with what they're proposing. We have all at some point been there. Oh, yeah, but the I spider can't... monkey has fallen. <laughs> it was a spider man. <laughs> and yes. Well, uh, I thought it was... Did you say spider man? Sp- uh, yeah. I was talking to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> But at some point, we've all been the concierge where you are of next to... But we've all had this experience. Yeah, next to, but not in a conversation. And you think, now what does it look like <laughs> when I'm involved in a conversation? I think this is an approximation of that. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Uh, Tim, 
Shining light? Yeah. You don't have one. No. You're, no, na- you're naughty. You're so wrong. I honestly, the shining light for me was one that I've had previously, but I want to end the season on this because it's so good. Is Samantha, when asked how her flight was, replying, fabulous. That's cool. That, no know, one says that. This is quite a nice bookend because this is bigger than the line. It's, it's bigger than the movie. That represent, I've, You've spoken about it with me so much. Yeah. What, what does her saying fabulous represent to you? It's just so positive. You know? I've, done, I've only done the, the sort of, what do you call it? Transcoastal flight? Going from the yeah, east transcoastal to... flight. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, now it sounds weird. <laughs> I think I've done it like three times, and it's always sucked massively, and it's very turbulent. And yeah, flying bad. is horrible. Yeah. It's the worst. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't be up there. It's well, not for us. I think if we're going to be up there, it should be better. Yeah. yeah. If well, we're going to go to all that trouble. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Like, we should have gotten a better version. We did. Yeah. They were Zeppelins. Now, that's air travel. That is traveling. <laughs> Get in a Zeppelin in L.A. Before you know it, it's three weeks later, you're in New York. <laughs> it's nice to have our best <laughs> men on the job. Why is, travel's not good. Why is no one a single-issue candidate in the upcoming election to bring back blimps? I think it Why would be is no one doing that? <laughs> one incident happens where the fucking idiots use hydrogen instead of very safe and available helium, mm. and suddenly we can't have Zeppelins anymore. If they would have let Mike Gravel on that stage, <laughs> would have heard a lot of blimp talk. Here's, is, here's my, no, no, my no. thing. Who is Mike Gravel? <laughs> He's the he's the guy who got, who got some teenagers to run his Twitter account. That's basically saying like, "Hey, uh, my esteemed colleagues, you're all war criminals." <laughs> it's yes. pretty. It's pretty funny. Is he running? Uh, he said he's running, but I don't think he's doing anything <laughs> okay, about it. Okay. I think it's basically just the teens. They're the best ones. Oh, this sounds great. Yeah. The other day, the teens posted a picture on the Mike Gravel account. Of them eating ice cream in front of a Joe Biden ice cream truck. And they, they just said, Joe Biden gave us ice cream. We like him. He's good now. <laughs> it's really funny. Politics can be fun. Let me just say this about air travel. It's so miserable that I envy the flight attendants. And I think, you know what? I would be okay to just stand for most of the flight. It would be more comfortable if you could just like walk up and down the aisles Are you a and just like flyer? lean a little bit. Is that what it is? You're nervous in the air? No. It's just uncomfortable. Oh, it's just genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't right. want to sit next to this guy the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So anyway, in I, conclusion, I, bring back blimp Samantha. Good. Yeah, I I <laughs> look <laughs> I think it's pretty impressive what they've done. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. This seems like a weird note to end on, but um, Oh, yeah, we we've d- got to end. We do. Yeah, do we, we really? Yeah. yeah well, because we really flew by. We've got a thing. I know now. you've got a thing. Mm. What time do we start? Uh, five after. Yeah, five after. So, what time? How much time do you want this to last? We should have had this discussion before. No, no. Let's go for three more minutes. <laughs> I I can't imagine that putting any undue pressure on us to think of something if either do, funny or sentimental. If we ideally do four, both. If we do, if we do four more, well, that'll take us right up to nine o'clock. 
Yeah, it feels the good. The top of the hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. That feels very then nice. We did the news and weather. That's right. <laughs> Kick off a hot three in a row. Yeah. I want to say very quickly, I don't know if it's been discussed before because I refuse to listen to the podcast, but... Uh, Respect. I, well, I don't want to watch... I, why, why Do I want to watch someone get kicked in the face over and over again? Dude, I'm no, with I you. don't. I'm with you. Um, too much Lily in this movie. Way too much Lily in this movie. You were ropeable. I was so mad. I was so mad because they the first they have this big conversation about you can't say that word in front of her. Then she's just always there, and they don't bother having any kind of rules about it at all anymore. Yeah, and but it's also she's not her presence isn't adding anything to the scene it or is. the story. It is a diversity win. We had a lot of talks about diversity wins on our screening. The cab driver who nods. Diversity win. Diversity win. Harry's <laughs> imaginary friend. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. Big <laughs> diversity win. That's a big diversity win. Even though they did restrict that diversity win to the mind of the protagonist, mm. as represented on camera, it appears to be a diversity win. But she opened up the door to more diversity wins. She goes home to St. Louis. That's right. In Carrie's imagination, and she falls in love with another diverse person. Yes. There's all these other diverse people at a party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a perilous movie, and uh, it's perilous to talk it's about. A perilous <laughs> movie, but yeah, that I it really bothered me how much that little girl was in this movie. Yeah, you got so angry that at one point you... Lily is not even represented by her physical being on screen. She is scribbled on a card. <laughs> and as soon as Carrie turns the card and sees that Lily is written on it, Paul said, "What the fuck." <laughs> He's paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a shot I hadn't even seen her in before. It's very The Shining, where she's just in the back, yeah. playing with her toys yeah. while the grown-ups are talking. You were like, she's fucking here as well. And I was they like, just oh, keep man, cutting away to her for yeah. some reason. It's just, it's, I don't know what It's, it's a very gentle remark. It's just... It, it's kids a- are cute. Kids are cute. They're bankable, you yeah. know? I've seen cuter kids. <laughs> Look, yeah, she's and an actually, adorable little girl, but half of being a cute kid is doing cute stuff. That's right. You she's, can't just adlo- any baby can look adorable. <laughs> she does ruin a marriage. That's kind of cute. The whole not when you know how powerful their sex is. What? Well, she ruins a marriage. She ruins more than a marriage, like a union between two people oh, that sorry. can bend yes. all of time. Okay, around the. Genital yeah. congregation, yes. It's not just genitals. From what I heard, it's mostly hand it's stuff. It's not just genitals. <laughs> it's a lot of hand stuff. <laughs> the genital stuff takes care of itself. <laughs> genital stuff, very down the line. But the hand stuff is out of sight. Yeah. Hand stuff, toast stuff, lily, blimps. Have we not covered it all? And this, our woefully misguided and now complete fourth season of The Worst Idea of All Time, Los Angeles. Thank you so much for coming out. Paul, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you, guys. And Please, a big, big round don't, of applause Don't do Paul. this ever again. I totally agree, man. Don't do it again. Yeah, I'm with you. I am with you. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of fills me out. I feel him out. We go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.